0: Geek Top Five Quarantine Edition.
1: Yay! There was time now. There was was all the time I needed.
0: Geek Top Five. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we have been sent back from the future for a single purpose—to uh, a—to <laughs> to host a semi-popular podcast. <laughs> uh, something, something.
1: Your fate hasn't been decided, right?
0: Right. If you want to live, yeah. <laughs> We're back to a traditional dueling lists episode. It's, a, oh, it's been a long time since it's been just you and me, Graham. That's a, nice and cozy here, quiet. There's, it's so much I can stretch out. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to use the word intimate. I felt like that. Maybe that's a little <laughs> loaded. But it's. But it's nice. <laughs> Uh, but in any case, we have each brought a list. Uh, today we are looking at the top five Terminator movies, which we will sort out once and for all.
1: Now, there have been... I i, I didn't quite have the count right when I first did this, when I was first preparing for this. I didn't realize there'd been six. its its
0: It doesn't feel like there's that many, but... But I guess there are. There have been six, and super dorks will tell you that there, there are seven because of T2, the 3D experience at Universal Studios, where they they got all the original cast of T2 together and filmed like a an interactive ride kind of thing. Right, right. I've heard yeah. that. I, I didn't actually look into that for, for the purposes of this podcast. Did you? No, I think we can do that, <laughs> that safely. But uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot of Terminator out there. It's it, it's strange. I mean, like the 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 classic two Terminator films are one of those are those movies. It's like, it's on that list of like movies you have to watch. But it's but there are a lot of sequels, and
1: even from the get go, it's been there, there's long stretches between sequels. For a while there it was like once a decade, and and now it's closer to every. Five or six years, but it's it's that's big gaps for a, a six movie franchise.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they have been trying to reboot it for a while, and I'm sure we'll talk more <laughs> about that uh, because I I don't like listen. We haven't seen each other's lists, um, but I'm guessing that the sequels tend to be more towards the bottom. We'll see. I I'm actually
1: I think. Our, the number one is not going to be a surprise, I don't think. What I think might be a surprise is the one that gets left off. So this may be a list where we end up talking about six different things instead of five different things. But I'm all in favor of that,
0: and I'm very curious to see what ends up as our both of our number sixes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll that that will be fun. Um, do we have to describe Terminator to anybody in the
1: audience? Yeah, let's give a, a brief thing. I, I guess it gets more and more complicated as it goes on,
0: but, but how did the franchise start? Like, what are the basics? Yeah, so the original premise is a is a Terminator is an awesome skeleton robot um, that gets sent back from a future where machines have risen up to kill all the humans. Um, but the humans are fighting back, so this Terminator comes back in time to try and stop the human resistance from, from ever rising in the first place. And by and the... It's kind of a... Uh, By the time he gets to the past, he doesn't look like a weird skeleton robot
1: anymore. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Yes, it blends in perfectly as a giant Austrian (laughs) bodybuilder. Yeah, it's an infiltration (laughs) model, you see. Yeah, Uh, Uh, I can't imagine there's anybody who doesn't know. I mean, like the Terminator franchise. Like this is. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger did do Conan. You know, which which, and and Conan is great, and he he did do. I don't know Hercules in New York, <laughs> yeah, but but Terminator is what he's known for. Like this is back when he and Sylvester Stallone, I think, were always competing for the biggest, the biggest like blockbuster, the biggest everything. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, Terminator is what put him on the map as an action hero, and it, it really
1: put James Cameron on the map too. He's the writer director of the the first two movies and the creator of the franchise. Um, although. Semi-famous uh, sci-fi writer Harlan Ellison managed to sort of finagle a, a credit and a payout after the first movie came out Because he claimed it was pretty similar to
0: a story he had written in the 60s Yeah, tough call on that one It uh, That got settled, but Cameron was never happy about it Right. Him. In any case, there are a bunch of them, and uh, as soon as we like, we are right on the cusp of that. As soon as we get into more detail, we're talking about what happens in these movies. So maybe we should just start banging our lists together. Uh, Graham, what is your number five? My number five is Terminator Three. Ah, okay. What? uh, Uh, Terminator Three does appear on my list. Okay, but higher than five. Interesting. It is higher than five. Um so the way we usually do this is we talk about it when we get to the higher thing and bang them together, right? So what's your uh, number 5? So my number 5 uh, is Terminator Salvation, okay? That's higher on my list. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we use spoiler alert? Is that have we just exchanged our 5s and 4s? Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, I, so We can call that pretty much even, I think. We both had Salvation and D3 at the bottom of our lists. Uh, Why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Now, the problem with this franchise is
1: because the movies all rely on time travel and and they end up being quite entwined with each other, it's hard to talk about them without spoiling movies that we're going to be talking about later in the list. But I will try not to do that. Uh, Terminator 3 is, is is about John Connor, our sort of protagonist for some of the movies, who he's, he's going to be this legendary leader who f- leads the resistance against the Terminators in the future. And because of stuff that happened in the first two movies, he's the the things that he was told were going to happen haven't come to pass, and he's just kind of this sad drifter, and then a... Sexy lady Terminator <laughs> appears and starts chasing him, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger appears to defend him, and and that's the gist of the movie. They're trying to stop the thing all, again, and uh, John Connor meets up with Claire Danes, and they're fated to fall in love, and Arnold Schwarzenegger protects them against Kristanna uh, Loken as the T X,
0: the, the yeah. latest Terminator. This one was. Before- Fortunately, they only once actually refer to her as the Terminatrix. Right. Uh, because that's only slightly more misogynist than calling her the Girlmanator. <laughs> so, this came out in
1: uh, July 2003 and was directed by Jonathan Mostow. It was 12 years after Terminator 2, and it was the first one that James Cameron didn't really have any involvement in. And based on my research, uh they they had tried to get the cameron and and schwarzenegger back for other movies and at this point schwarzenegger was like is it okay if i do this movie without you and cameron was like sure go for it but get as much money as you can and boy oh boy did he like schwarzenegger got paid more than the gdp of some countries to to be in this movie
0: yeah this was definitely the first like I mean, like, this is the third one, but this was the first sequel, like, with the, that pejorative thing that usually comes with sequels, where it's like, there was no reason to make this movie except to try and cash in on that name and that franchise, and Cameron knew it and didn't want anything to do with it, and Schwarzenegger knew it, but figured, hey, payday, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that definitely shows in the quality of the uh, of the film, quote-unquote. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I One of the things I found going through all of this is... Schwarzenegger, whenever he's in him, which is often, is always super game and and good at it. The rest of the movie might be bad, but he is always entertaining, and, and he is, again, the standout in this. Claire Danes is also really good as the love interest, even though the whole love story is incredibly contrived, and there's zero chemistry between the leads. I think Nick Stahl was badly miscast as John Connor, because he's nothing like Edward Furlong, who played the, the younger version of him in Terminator Two, and he has no qualities that make you think he'll be a, a good leader, or interesting, or yeah. I mean, the, I put it, I, I, I will say the one moment where he's kind of interesting is near the beginning of the movie. How he has his meet cute with Claire Danes is he's broken into her her veterinary clinic and he's popping pills for animals, and he's like a druggie. He's this weird drug guy who's breaking into veterinary clinics to steal drugs but it never comes up again it's this interesting character flaw that is
0: immediately disregarded yeah they like they start him off in a strong place where it's like he was going to be like he was going to be king arthur right but they stopped judgment day from ever happening but he's still afraid of it like he's still afraid of being targeted by terminators so he's afraid of living his life so he's sort of a drifter he's staying off the grid but like his purpose has been taken away from him right and i feel like the the point of the movie was giving him his purpose back but that never gets shown like as soon as they're out of that clinic scene he's just generic white guy action hero
1: yeah yeah very much so and and it's and this was a movie where you can really see the early CGI excesses coming into play because these, you, the action scenes are just this mind-numbing explosion after explosion, like trucks slamming into each other and cars doing backflips, and, and it's it's
0: exhausting to watch, especially since you do not care about any of the characters. I blame a lot of that on Christina Loken, to be fair. Like as a villain, as a Terminator, she she does not do any of the interesting things that, you know, Schwarzenegger or uh, oh geez, what's his name? Robert Patrick. Um, Robert Patrick. Oh, thank you. God, I'm losing my mind. She does not do any of the interesting things that Schwarzenegger or Robert Patrick do, like as a machine, where like they behave in a way that's inhuman and move in a way that's inhuman and really, like they sort of set up the horror element of the movie. Like this is an inhuman thing. No, she's just like a sexy assassin. Yeah, and
1: it's it's really boringly handled. Like like she licks. Th- people to get dna samples off them it's just like it's it's not interesting at all it's so on the nose with like making her this sexy villain this femme fatale but it doesn't track at all with her supposed to be or
0: with her meant to be a soulless robot and yet at the same time you're never afraid of her either like it's, it's almost like she's not the the interesting part of the movie. Like the, the like the villain in this movie is that this movie is going to take place. Like this is Judgment Day. The, right, the machines are about to take over, and that's kind of the ticking clock held over the heroes. The fact that she keeps showing up in a truck or whatever, it's just like you just want to fast forward it and get to the rest of it, which isn't much better. But it's like considering that the entire movie revolves around the Terminator, and she's not the interesting part of it. I mean, I just how did they not pick up on that and do some re-editing at least? And the
1: the other part of it that stood out to me on this rewatch, watch I, I saw it. I think I saw it in, in theaters in two thousand three, probably at the the second run theater that was near our houses. But uh, th- this was the first time I'd seen it in seventeen years. And I'm watching it, and I'm trying to follow the plot. And and Claire Danes' father is this military guy who's who's developed Skynet for the uh, the army, and they're they're uh, he's a little reluctant to unleash it on the world because it, it, of the implications of it. But there's this virus that's spreading through all the computers in the country, and so. He's convinced that he has to let Skynet out because it'll it'll get rid of this virus, and I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, so what is this virus? Where did this virus come from? And I, it, I, I it's never really explained. Like, what is the virus? Does the virus make Skynet evil? Is Skynet evil anyway? Did Skynet somehow create the virus to justify I mean, it getting released? There's a line
0: where Nick Stahl tells him that Skynet is the virus, and I guess. I think what we are supposed to believe is that Skynet has spread this virus around so that they'll give it the permission it needs to go into all the other computers.
1: But if it's already a virus that's going
0: into all the other computers anyway... Right, exactly, why does it, yeah, exactly, because and then like for a while, they talk about how like the military computers are still okay, right? It's yeah. all on the civilian network, and they sort of play that through like throughout the movie, people can't get like cell signals because the signal's being disrupted and things don't work, that's there, but then you get like to the like when they push him over the edge, it's like, oh, the military computers are infected now. And you think, well, that means it's everywhere. That that means that it that that means that the mach- like the machine evil AI has taken over all the computers. So, yeah. It wh- was... Why do they have to turn it on to do that? And this isn't the only time in this franchise where they have that confusion. It sort of feels like the people writing it weren't that familiar with computers,
1: <laughs> especially in this one. This one more than the others. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, I don't think this is how any of this works. I'm not enough of a computer guy. To, to be able to say it with uh, you know, certainty, but I was sitting there like, I just
0: don't think the internet works this way, especially not back then. You are correct. Now, we've spent a long time dogpiling on this movie, <laughs> but there was, I mean, in my case, it's my number four, so I can get to it, but you had, like, there were six movies, so there's a movie you liked even less about this, so there must have been something you liked about T3. I I liked, and
1: I think it may have been amplified by my memory of it from the the first time seeing it, but I liked how it ended. Where it doesn't undo anything; it's not a happy ending. It's it's it it's an ending that continues the the trudge to this apocalyptic future where where the robots take over. It doesn't invalidate any of the previous movies, and I I like that about it. I, I like the ending, and like I said, Claire Danes and um and Arnold Schwarzenegger are really good in it. It also I I get. Uh, so the end of the movie, Nick Stahl, I mean, John Connor and, and his, his love interest end up in this bunker, and it has this real 70s vibe to it. It's this old military bunker that they're hiding out in, and that's where he's going to lead the resistance from is the implication. But I got real Beneath the Planet of the Apes vibes from it, and that'll always <laughs> help amp
0: up a <laughs> movie's There's even a hint life. of a talking ape you're on board. Yeah, that's exactly. All right. <laughs> All right, well, then it sounds like the movie we're going to be comparing this most to, then, is is uh, your number four and my number five, Terminator Salvation. Yeah. So, so let me roll out the carpet on this one. Terminator Salvation came after T3. Uh, the Terminator Salvation came out in 2009. Uh, Christian Bale as John Connor and Sam Worthington as Marcus Wright, the the, the, the half-human, half-Terminator who doesn't know he's a Terminator who... Anyway, it, yeah, that, that tells you everything you need to know about it. Um, directed by Mick G, Yep, who is famous for directing the music video for Smash Mouth's "All Star" before this movie, <laughs> and and the Charlie's Angels movies. Okay, sure. <laughs> he,
1: that's that's the big knock against him. He's very much style and very little substance. And and this that movie chokes. has a lot of
0: style to it. This movie, I feel like, is a case of giving the fans what they're asking for and not what they actually want. <laughs> okay. Like, the Terminator movies, they're always have they have, like, they're about the time travel element, right? They're about the, like the Terminator coming back from the future to present day. And you always had those people like, oh, but I want to see what the future war is like. And it's always like, well, the future war... I mean, we do see the future war in the earlier movies and flashbacks and stuff, and it's... I mean, it's very blue, there's skulls on the ground, purple lasers, and awesome skeleton robots, and that's kind of it. Like, the future war isn't the interesting part of the story. It's it's a war. Terminator is this, it's action, it's thriller, it's horror, it's suspense. When it's done in the best movies, it's romance. Um, this T- Terminator Salvation is not that. Terminator Salvation is a war movie where a bunch of guys yell and shoot guns and then the movie ends and i can and for a while i had this back and forth between but, but, but t3 is the bottom of my list because i appreciate that they're trying to do something a little bit different but a war movie like when i think of a war movie and, and this checks off all the boxes for it it's like it's not very character driven you know everybody is a marine basically it's it's about, like, one, like, tactical military plot. It sort of reads like a Clancy thing. Like, it's all about the war, not about the people. It's very action-heavy. It has Michael Ironside in it, like every war movie. Like And that's what they tried to do. And it's a poor war movie, but at least they tried to do something interesting. But I just, man, could I not buy it? Okay, so I
1: I liked it more than you. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. I, I, this one came out in uh, 2009, and I definitely saw it in theaters, and, and so I guess we were sort of burying the lead. The thing that made this movie kind of a must-see at the time was the idea that that and it was kept under wraps, but towards the end of the movie you finally see the legendary T-800s, and T-800s are, are, are the series that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the other movies. So they get rolled out and there's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he was governor of California at the time and he couldn't be in the movie and it would have been weird to have this really old Arnold Schwarzenegger in this one although that became sort of yeah, they worked um, with it anyway. Yeah, normalized later on, but they had they had done what now we are calling deep fake where they put Schwarzenegger's face on this bodybuilder's body and I think that effect still really holds up. It's it's Fairly well done, but that was what sold tickets more than anything else in this movie. I think maybe I'm I'm misremembering or over hyping that I in mean, my memory. It's, like that's a 10 minute fight
0: scene in a two hour long movie.
1: I agree, I agree, but it did it was an effect that uh, brought people out, and and that's not why it's higher on my list. I'm just I feel like we had to mention it; it had to be discussed as part of this because it was groundbreaking at the time. Sure.
0: But the other stuff, I mean, so much of it doesn't make sense if you think about it. There, There's a scene, they're in an abandoned gas station, which the gas station is actually a trope in these Terminator movies. But there's like a tense, everybody holding each other at gunpoint. And then they're surprised by a Terminator battle mech that's like five stories tall. Yeah. And it's, and I, it's like it's the only building for kilometers of empty <laughs> desert. But somehow this five story tall robot Gets the jump on them, like like things that don't make sense like that. Um, got the incredibly overcast Helena Bonham Carter oh as like God. the redux of the Borg Queen. I was I was so surprised
1: when when she came on screen. I was I rewatched this last night and I was like Helena Bonham Carter's in this? How did I not remember that? Because she barely has a role, yeah. and the role
0: she has doesn't
1: make any sense. I will do one better though. I'm watching the movie and there's this opening scene where there's a, a, with, it's after that scene with Helena Bonham Carter, but there's, there's a scene where John Connor, Christian Bale, and all these guys have gone into this base to find out this piece of information about the robots. And then he climbs back up to see what's going on up top and all the soldiers are dead. One of the dead soldiers is Terry Crews. And he's like right in front of the camera, just dead. And I was like, why is Terry Crews just playing a dead body in this movie? And I ended up reading about it later. He had a bigger part that got cut. It was it was a cameo still, but he had, like, lines and stuff, and he didn't know he had just been turned into a dead body until he went Oof. to the theater to see it. That sucks. So it sounds like this movie was a bit of a mess behind the scenes. Like, to have I'm pretty sure Helena Bottom Carter had a bigger role, Terry Crews had a bigger role, and to have their stuff be completely cut out is weird. There's also other places where there's kind of weird jumps in time that aren't clear. It's not clear why that happened, but they're sort of minor, and you just roll with it.
0: You, you roll with it because by that point you realize that the movie, this isn't a story-based movie. <laughs> like The events that happen in this movie barely string the action scenes together, and that's all it is. And that's a huge letdown, considering the pedigree.
1: I, I will say that they did a better job than I expected tying Terminator 3 into this since, it, you know, it would have been easy for them to just forget it, but uh, Bryce Dallas Howard plays John Connor's love interest in this, and it's the same
0: character from Terminator 3 that Claire Danes played. Yeah, it's, it's still played. Kate Brewster, he still has the red hair it's...
1: Yeah, it's sort of a nice touch, um... Even though, once again, they're nothing like the other version of the character. They might as well have just been brand new characters. John Connor is never consistent from movie to movie. It's always a different actor, and he's always completely different from the other version.
0: Yeah, this one was super intense. Like, Dark Knight, but without a script, Christian Bale. And let's not keep going without mentioning, this is the, the movie that's infamous for, they caught the audio recording of right. Christian Bale losing his shit at the director of photography because apparently he was adjusting a light during a scene or something, and Christian Bale basically threatens, I mean, threatening to kill him is, is, is hyperbole, but it's everything but, right? It's right up to that line. Yeah. And then, then there was this weird thing in Hollywood where like, a whole bunch of people were like, yeah, you're not, you don't talk to people that way. And then all, all these actors are like, well, you know, acting is really serious and it's really intense. And sometimes, like, you just, you know, you, you, you're really in a scene and you're a little over-emotional. And all the normal people are going, no, you don't. I I will say the guy
1: probably shouldn't have been doing that while they were shooting for a lot of reasons. And in Christian Bale's defense, God only knows this could have been hour twelve of an eighteen-hour day. I, I, the movie industry, as much as it's glamorous and stuff, they do really grind you through. So long you're on the other days. side of this argument. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to both sides <laughs> it. I do. It's inexcusable what he said to him, and and it's I I am so happy that recording came out because it led to a lot of hilarious dance remixes. But I can kind of I, I can understand why he might have exploded like that especially I don't think Mick G's a very good director <laughs> I don't think no he, nobody does that's fine yeah I think even Christian Bale has said uh, like I thought Mick G like I was giving him a chance I didn't think he was right for the movie we gave him a chance obviously he wasn't right for it and judging by how all the the, the mishmash of, of scenes that are in this that don't all hang together very well he, he didn't have a firm grasp on what he was doing. Uh, I mean, another thing. Speaking of not having a firm grasp, uh, what is it? Sam Worthington plays the the Terminator. Yeah, not we Terminator. haven't even talked
0: about him yet.
1: His he has an Australian accent that wanders in and out of the movie. And he has the most,
0: like, dead role, which is almost appropriate, because, like, his role in this movie is he thinks he's just a guy, and it turns out, like, his memories or whatever, who he is, have been implanted on a Terminator to make him, like, the perfect infiltrator. So, okay, but he still plays the most baseline nothing of a character. He's like a video game protagonist. Right, right. He gets a couple lines, you know, for a cutscene, and then the rest of the time, he's like, it's like he's controlled by a player to do all the machine gunning.
1: Right, right. And it's like it's like what they did with John Connor in Terminator 3, where he's got kind of an interesting backstory, where he's, he's a murderer, but he kind of seems to be regretful about it. He has this really awkward encounter with Helen O'Bottom Carter... It just it's all back and forth. And there's there's a depth to the character that's there at the beginning and just never gets explored. He just becomes kind of a generic good guy
0: by the end of it. And then when he has the the, the stare down, it's supposed to be this climactic revelation between him and Helena Bonham Carter as Skynet for some reason. <laughs> um, and then and you're so bored because none of it is earned. We are not interested at all in these characters. We're kind of interested in Christian Bale and Anton Yelchin, who we also haven't mentioned, and we should, who plays a young Kyle Reese. Yeah. Who's delightful in the way that, you know, like, silly kid character is. Um, doesn't really, like, it's impossible to believe that that character could survive in that world, but... Or fine. that he'll become the guy from Terminator 1. Yeah, exactly. But you're kind of interested in that story. But no, then we have to stop so he can talk to the computer face of her. For Which, I mean, that scene didn't need an actor like to play Skynet. I, think, I would argue it would be better without giving Skynet a face. I, this is something that may come up uh, when discussing another movie as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like that just it's supposed to be such a big dramatic moment and it falls so horribly flat. I just—it's—it's it's like like it's—you want to be drinking Coca Cola instead, you got orange juice. It's that flat. I also don't understand, like like it seems so poorly thought out
1: for for the for Skynet to have given him even the ability to to defect from her. Like he's if he's a computer, if he's a robot, I just don't understand why there's this even the possibility of him turning
0: good. Yeah, again, this, this movie wasn't about the story. No. It no, wasn't about you're the right. plot. As soon as you give it a moment's thought, it falls apart. The point of it was to have explosions and machine guns. And there's a market for that. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed it on the level of it's like almost a Mad Max movie
1: at points. And and yeah. I give it some points for that. I enjoyed it uh, on that level. Anton Yelchin is, is really good in it. Some of his interaction with with uh, Sam Worthington is good. In fact, I think the movie loses some of its spark when they get separated. I think it was more interesting when those characters w- stayed together and then instead they separate them and try and give Sam's character a love interest and that never happened yeah, Out quite... of nowhere. Yeah. yeah it was, what
0: a waste of a character. That was... Yeah. Really awkward. The the, the pilot Blair Williams played by Moon Bloodgood. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool. Who's, I mean, she's she's in the army, and she's a girl.
1: And that's her character. <laughs> oh, oh. and the other thing I noticed, and I know, this is kind of like nitpicky, pedantic stuff, but it's the post-apocalypse. There's dirt everywhere. The sun is never out. It's always sort of brown and gray and grimy. Tell me you're
0: about to talk about everyone's perfect teeth. The perfect teeth, yes. Yes, Also, God, the perfect God, hair. It's insane. <laughs>
1: Moon, uh, Moon, Bloodgood, and Bryce Dallas Howard are are clearly getting their hair professionally done every morning in the post-apocalypse. It's it,
0: the perfect teeth are just like bright white. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, and I <laughs> noticed that especially with Anton Yelchin, because the rest of them are supposed to be in these like army bases where I guess you could find some sort of argument that there could be
0: decent. Toothbrushes. <laughs> they would scavenged some supplies and found some of those crest whitening strips. Yeah, and yeah. Figured the hell with it.
1: <laughs> Anton Yelchin's a surrogate father who's 17, maybe, living on top of an abandoned building.
0: It's just ridiculous. The uh, fact that, like, that stood out that much, like, that tells <laughs> you a lot about, like, how little else there was to focus on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I still have to say, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Maybe I just went in with, like, really. Bottom of the barrel expectations, but it got up above Terminator Three for me just because it was it was a more enjoyable movie. I Ended up caring a little bit about the
0: characters, which was more than I could say for for the, uh, the for Terminator Three. In my case, T Three, I thought. I mean, even though I wasn't that interested in it, it had a definite like it had a beginning, a middle, an end. I understood the quest. I understood what they were doing. Like the sequence of events all fell into place, and I thought that gave it the advantage over Salvation. I also think one of the mistakes they had with this, and it's a mistake they come back to
1: in, in subsequent sequels as well, is they started this with a plan of it being part one of a new trilogy. And yes. so they said it, so I think it's supposed to be like 11 years before John sends the Terminator back in time, or, or sends Kyle back in time, rather. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, but, but Sam Worthington's character is so much more advanced than the the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, it doesn't make sense that this is a, there's an eleven year gap between those those moments. Like he he's so much more human. He blends perfectly, whereas you've got an Austrian ghoul who can barely string a sentence together, who's going to be sent back in time to infiltrate. Doesn't make any sense. But yeah, again, like you said, the more you look at it, the more the plot more holes there are.
0: I felt the same way that it was silly to start this off, like, expecting it to be a trilogy, but I've been looking at the meta level. You can't... I mean, like, one movie of nothing but machine guns and explosions, sure, but three of them? I mean, what are you going to possibly do any different between... Like, what would Terminator Salvation 2 be about? Like, I I could... Like, they still have machine guns? Instead of the Terminators being motorcycles, which, by the way, motorcycle Terminators, get out. That was... (laughs)
1: But, uh, well, no, I tr- think the stupidest part of the Motorcycle Terminators is when I, John, He hijacks one yeah, and rides it. Yeah, and he clotheslines it. <laughs> anyway, we're at like
0: half an hour and all we've done <laughs> is complain about these two movies. People at home are like, why are they even doing this list? They obviously hate this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> all right, well, uh, let me
1: you, do my number three. Uh, sure. I, I, have a, I'm, I think it might surprise you.
0: My number three... Is the first Terminator? That is low. Okay, but okay, Terminator. That is, that shows up higher on my list. Okay, what's your number three? uh My number three was Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> Once again, we've we've just reversed them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's two and three. Yeah, I put yeah. Dark Fate at number two. Okay, so again, we're we're close. Um, so okay well yeah let's start let's start with you because you started first you have the original Terminator 1984 at your three I have it at two. Tell me a little bit about this movie and then I can't wait to see which movies you thought were better
1: <laughs> Well okay I think you know by now anyway so Terminator is it's basically a, a cross between it's a sci-fi horror movie it's about this relentless monster who's in the mold of Michael Myers or, or Jason Voorhees, who's just stalking this young woman. Luckily, there's a man from the future who's come back in time to to help protect her and, and save her. And, and the Terminator that goes back in time, his whole goal is to kill Sarah Connor so that John Connor can't be born and, and there's no resistance against the Terminators. And uh, that's that's about it. It's fairly bare bones and, and it's benefits from that it's it's and it's really gritty it's it's done on a
0: very slim budget and they managed to do a lot with that budget and oh yeah and there's all kinds of fun stories about that too like there was a lot of like they wouldn't they they just they weren't allowed to film there like they just drove somewhere and shot quickly and got away right
1: right i mean james cameron was used to filming b movies at this point so and i think this was supposed to be kind of a b movie but ended up taking off more than anyone expected Uh, Another fun story about it is like O.J. Simpson was considered at one point to play the Terminator, except people thought he was too nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, you couldn't really picture him killing anyone, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll
1: I'll be honest, when I was considering this, for a while I had it at my number four. I had Terminator Salvation uh, higher than this. Whoa, dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, part of the reason for that is I I saw it for the first time last week, and so I don't have the same nostalgia with it of seeing it at like a sleepover and being scared by it as a kid that that some people do that a lot of the people in our generation do. So it doesn't have that kind of those those hooks in me that it might
0: for other people.
1: And and for I the don't... record, this
0: came out in 1984. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as nostalgia. I watch this movie a couple times a year. I really? still Yeah, I still really like this movie. I like the pacing, I like the action, I like the way the effects hold up. It like it's mm-hmm. I, this is such a complete experience to me. It's not too long, it's not too short. I love the the tension of the, of it. Uh Driven both by what you've described, by the horror villain that is the Terminator in this movie, right? It isn't sexy, it doesn't think it's a human, it isn't learning to be a dad. It's just this relentless, unstoppable monster, and no matter what you do, it is always coming for you. I love that, but I also love how Michael Bean's character, how his Kyle Reese helps sell it, because... Like, there's never been an action hero like Kyle Reese before. That Like, that guy is messed up. Yeah. The character of Kyle Reese in this movie has severe PTSD. He is, like, and, and that contributes, like, both because, like, if this future super soldier guy is so messed up, like, this monster must be bad. But that also plays so well into Linda Hamilton's transformation when she starts as Sarah Connor, waitress- you know, her roommate and by the end of the movie where she's like she has to sort of become stronger and take it up because he's falling apart. That just it all connects so well to me. I love that none of those character things happen in salvation. Not even close.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. And and I will say that the thing that put it over the top for me is is it, it set the tone that never got followed in any of the follow-ups of, of like, Michael Bean, he is, he's muscular, but he's skinny, and he's got this, like, dead look in his eyes like a guy who has been through some stuff, and, like, he looks like he's missed meals. He looks like he's on the raggedy edge of survival, whereas every other time we see the future, including Salvation, everyone looks like they've just stepped out of men's fitness or whatever they're they' everyone's ripped everyone's strong and healthy there's and not perfect a, teeth yeah perfect teeth they may have some scars or some cuts but like Michael bean was dirty and crazy and and just rabid and I I wanted them to keep coming back to that because if you want me to believe that the future is on the verge of being wiped out by these robots I Every time we see the future going forward, everyone's in a, in the, an army, a well-stocked
0: army that is it seems to be putting up a a decent resistance. Yeah, and they all look fine. Like, yeah, they all look like heroes. You know, like they're, they're like they're doing great. Like they could be the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. You know? And yeah, but this movie did it where it's like, no, the future is dark. Things are effed, and now it's coming for you. And it's just... It does it so well. And it does so many things so well. I remember talking to somebody a little older than me who mentioned how, like, The Terminator was a great date movie in the early 90s. <laughs> because, like, the love story, it's not the best, but it's passable. You believe sure. it. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's all More sp-
1: than the romances in most of the other movies. When there is romance oh, in these movies, it is painful. I will say... Even the romance in this is a little weird when he's like, "My best friend is John Connor. He gave me a picture of his mom. You're his mom, and you're real hot and it's like
0: well this is this is awkward on all kinds of levels but i but I'm totally okay with it because that guy is effed up <laughs> fair enough, yeah, like from the perspective that this is a damaged human being, and like you know and he's been told all his life about this warrior angel that he's fall that he's falling for. And then from her perspective, it's a little Stockholm syndrome in a way. Yeah. But th- just the way they're the way they react to each other, the way it evolves over the hour and a half, I, I buy it. So it it has a love story, it has action, it has a th- like it's a thriller. It does it checks off so many boxes correctly that it's it's just a, that should be a bad thing. It should be like jack of all trades, master of none. But it doesn't. It does a lot right, and I think that is what helped propel it to such success, what helped it kick off this intellectual property is that it appeals to so many people on so many different levels. And I feel like it deserves a lot of credit for that. I, like you were thinking about putting it down at number four. <laughs> I was wrestling with putting it at my number one. Huh. Wow. I wow. am really impressed by the filmmaking that went into this movie. I agree, especially if you
1: can appreciate how low that budget must have been. I think they pull up a lot, a lot. You know, in the future movies, like they for Terminator Three, they spent something like a hundred and twenty million dollars just for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whereas this, I don't think like a hundred and twenty million dollars was was more than anyone could have even fathomed in in being spent on seven of the movies at the time they made this. So just to have. Have whatever they had for this, probably twenty, thirty million dollars,
0: and they managed to pull together what they did is very for, for the Terminator? The yeah, first for the one? first Terminator. Yeah, the budget for the Terminator is estimated at six and a half million. Okay, there you go. That's that's what they do with that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide gross is almost eighty million. Well, that's successful. They yeah. It uh, yeah, they filmed this for relatively speaking, nothing. For no
1: money. Okay, now but, my my um, I, you said the effects still stand up, and I think some of them do, but some of them really have shown their age. Like like when the the famous scene where he's he's digging his eye out in the bathroom, the Terminator is, is like fixing his eye. It's very clearly a wax Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and he's head. in yeah, he's in the hotel room or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fair. And then but. There's, uh, when yep. they first have him as the skeleton robot chasing them, whenever it's anything even close to a full body shot, it becomes this like claymation thing, and it looks so- like something from from 20 years before the movie was made, like the Ray Harryhausen skeletons, and it doesn't feel terribly scary. It's a lot better when it's just a close up and it's- he's a puppet.
0: Yeah, the actual it's the actual metal puppet. Yeah, that's another fun behind-the-scenes story. If you don't know that one, is that the like the from the waist up they built a metal Terminator thing and then had like six guys carrying it around. You know they didn't count on how heavy four hundred <laughs> pounds of prop were going to be. I, I mean, when it's when it's just like like so they've blown off its legs and like this is after, and after Kyle Reese is dead and it's chasing her through the thing like that looks real. I mean, because it yeah. is because there's a big metal puppet chasing her. But like that is, I buy those 100 percent. And just something about the claustrophobic space and the and the thing. Like even after being so messed up, it's still after her. That still makes me feel tense every yeah. time I see it. The, and that could not work if it would if they had used like the claymation for it. It wouldn't have worked if they had used CG for it. Just the way they did it, it, it it is 100% sold. And even when it's over and she's crushed it and just the arm is left, you're still expecting the arm to do something. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: it's really good at making it as relentless as possible. Let me give one last thing about it. I, I think I, I would feel bad if we didn't talk about the two cops in this movie, the cops that help Sarah Connor they're, they, I would have watched a whole series of movies about these guys. They're played by Paul Winfield and uh, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen is an amazing B movie actor. Like whenever he shows up, he's great. He's got this iconic look about him. He just looks frazzled all the time. Uh, he's in the Aliens movies. He had his own TV show called Millennium, by the uh, created by the X Files guy, I think. Anyway, they have a great back and forth. Paul Paul Winfield is a Star Trek guy too. He was the captain of the Reliant in Star Trek Two, and he's Darmok.
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just loved their back and forth, and I, I'm pretty sure they both get pretty brutally killed by the Terminator, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> but I would have. I was so sad when that happened because they they have a wonderful relationship. You could see there's like years of friendship between them. Yeah, and, the buddy and,
0: cop stuff between them is and really helps sell the police, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, they felt really real and lived in
0: as opposed to just sort of
1: run of the mill generic cops. They were great. I really liked that. They, Which they adds a lot put-
0: of um, uh, it adds a lot of emotional weight to the the attack on the on the police station. Like, which is one of the big, like, one of the scenes people talk about when they're talking about Terminator is when he drives in through the front. Of, like, this is where I'll be back comes from. Yeah. And he just, uh, just uh, uh, just. I'm trying to look for a stronger word than assault, but just, like, obliterates this police station. Like, you worry about these two cops. Mm-hmm, hmm
1: which is more than you can say for most everyone in Terminator 3 or even Salvation. And, yeah. and
0: these guys have a fraction of the screen time. Fair enough. All right, so that was your three. Again, we we, we mixed our twos and threes. I had it at two, um, but your two and my three was Terminator Dark Fate. The the first Terminator movie and the most recent Terminator movie. So Yeah. That's sort of a fun Alpha and Omega. Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, wow, it came out last year. I mean, 2019 feels like a lot longer than a year ago, but...
1: Yes, yeah, and this movie feels like it came out a lot longer ago, but... I really enjoyed it when I watched it. I, I again, I think going in with really low expectations helped, but it was it, it had a very interesting plot. It falls sort of the framework set by the previous
0: movies, the the previous good movies anyway, Terminator 1 and 2. I mean, you, you know what you know what this is if you want to explain it quickly. This is Terminator the Force Awakens. This yeah. is this is a retread of the first Terminator movie, but with a new generation of characters being handed the baton from the old generation of characters. and yeah, yeah
1: yeah and you get the fun cameos from the the older characters and uh, I feel like I feel like not seeing Linda Hamilton on screen in any sort of significant role for I don't know 30 years really made her return in this that much more powerful. She is fantastic from beginning to end they, they don't give they don't make her flawless she screws up and and, and is defeated in, at different points but she's great to see and she's wonderful in this sort of grizzled old lady soldier role it's fantastic I really like that
0: the, the whole movie was was good like I came out of it and said oh that was a fun way to kill a couple hours it it's and it's number three on my list because I felt like it didn't do anything else besides that. And there were a few things about it that bugged me. Um, okay, I want to hear what bugged you about it. Yeah. I mean, so first off, the like the opening this movie with the prologue where they kill young John Connor rubbed me the wrong way. Like they took everything that happened in Terminator 2 and immediately invalidated it. Hmm, Well, yeah, I'll give you that. The like like that, w- that was this movie's bringing Palpatine back and I just I
1: will say like they they killed uh for Terminator 3 they killed Sarah off screen and and that was a bad move and bothered me at least you get to sort of see it happen in this and it, it has weight in the plot which is more than Sarah's death did
0: I just I feel like it could have like, it would have worked better if it was like yeah we kept hunting Terminators over the years and eventually they got to him or something like the fact that it was like oh yeah after, six months after T2 yeah that all like none of that mattered right that, I mean it, it did matter all the stuff with with Skynet mattered yeah kinda <laughs> Like, like the, the, the thing they do in this movie is that, like, yeah, they stopped Judgment Day, they stopped Skynet, but now another evil AI has risen and is building its own slightly different Terminators. Hmm. Okay, I mean, it's the First Order. But, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that totally. Slightly different Star Destroyer. I get it. Okay, that's fine. Um, but just having that prologue scene really bugged me. I, I don't know... I get, it was well done, because that was not shot for Terminator 2, and yet Linda
1: Hamilton and Edward Furlong looked exactly like they did in Terminator 2.
0: Yeah, It, it helps that they were wide shots, but yeah. Like, there is more footage, apparently, like a close-up of the two of them talking, but apparently you could really tell there, and they decided mm. to cut it. Um, but yeah, it, it completely sells it. You feel like that prologue could have been filmed at the same time as T2. Um, so that, that bugged me a little. Um... And then the rest of it is just that it did it did retread old ground. I feel like to, to Terminator Dark Fate, everything about Terminator Dark Fate you can sum up when Grace, the new Kyle Reese character, she, she when she rescues Danny, the new John Connor character, she says, come with me or you'll be dead in 30 seconds. And you think to yourself, oh, that's a lot like that line from the Terminator, but not as good. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> like and I just felt the entire time like the car chases, you know, and the factory fight. It's like this is good, but I've seen it done better and also thirty years ago.
1: <laughs> okay. I think part of the thing that may have helped this in my book is that I had seen Terminator Genesis just before it, like literally days before it. Oof,
0: yeah. I I mean, that's our number six, right? Yeah, and yeah. that movie okay. was, we'll We'll get back
1: to that. We'll get we back We will, to that. we will. But it's so bad that this movie is, is so much better in comparison. It's I such think. a palate
0: cleanser compared yeah. to Genesis, yeah.
1: So maybe that influenced my ranking a bit. Um, but I was watching, I was like, the plot generally makes sense. It all hangs together very well. It's a neat way to reboot this thing. It does make it feel like no matter what they do... There's always going to be some problem that they face, and, and making all the movies kind of invalid in a way. It's like it, it really instead of this like the fate is what you make it message of the first couple movies. It really is just like no, no. There's fate, and that's it. You, yeah. This all of this is going to happen no matter what you do. So it does on that level. It does kind of invalidate its own premise. But the Danny as the the new. Uh, like, I I liked how they built her up, like, especially comparing her to Sarah, and and Sarah's like, oh, you're just a womb, and we're gonna, whoever your son is, is gonna lead the resistance, and it's like, no, she's gonna lead the resistance, she's, she's the new John Connor, and they, they actually show it, and she does a good job of being the young innocent who you can see has the the grounding to be a good leader, and then where she ends up in the flash forwards, or I guess depending on your perspective, Grace's flashbacks to the future—time yeah, anyway, travel, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she is is shown to be a good leader, and 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 she unites this these these disparate groups and and in, in this ragtag army, and and it actually shows it instead of just being told over and over again, John Connor is this, John Connor is that. It's like, no, Danny is these
0: things, and you can see it for yourself. And you can see it happening over the course of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I, yeah I, lo- I loved her. I thought she was great. I, I didn't like that, the way they did that to make it a plot twist. Like, when Sarah is telling her, like, oh, yeah, you're going to give birth to the, the man who leads the resistance. They're after your womb. Nobody... <laughs> like, nobody ag- thought she was right about that. And I can't understand... I guess they were trying to show, like, Sarah Connor is, is old and outdated, but... Really? Sarah Connor? Like, possibly the original female action hero? You're telling me she hasn't caught up with women's lib yet? I I can see that, though. I can buy that, especially the one in this, who's,
1: like, hiding her cell phone in, in uh, uh, potato chip bags and stuff. Like, she's... She's not all there. She's pretty messed up, and has been trying so hard to be off the grid that she's probably lost a step or two. And and she's yeah. she's seeing everything through what happened to her,
0: you know. That, yeah, you know, you're right. That's a good point, actually. But I, I, she's still like she's just reliving that trauma over and over, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. No, that you're right. Okay, that's fair.
1: And it's reasonable. The other thing I liked about it is is there's this tendency in a lot of modern movies to have everything get amped up. Like everyone's got these new powers, these new special abilities. And Grace in this is half human, half Terminator, and she's got all of these amazing skills and abilities. But it comes at a cost, and she's gotta. She keeps when she does all her cool Terminator stuff she basically overdoes it and almost dies constantly throughout the movie and and I say constantly and it, uh, it almost sounds like a bad thing but it actually adds to the tension of it like if it was just Relentless Terminator against Relentless Terminator that only takes you so far the fact that she's constantly needing to have these these injections of insulin which I thought was a really interesting touch because it, it talks about you know diabetes and, and there's there's stuff going on in this movie. It's trying to say stuff about the world, and it, it has a message. And I don't know that it's always a clear message, but there's there's stuff it's trying to say behind the scenes that you can pick up on, which I think really only other, one other movie in this franchise has done with any success, and that's Terminator 2.
0: Now, I, I mean, absolutely, well, here, I don't want to get off of that. Yes, I like that about Grace, too. When it comes to the messaging though, I don't know that it was that subtle in places. Like when our you know our Mexican heroes are being held in the American immigration cages and the Terminator is stalking them while wearing a border patrol uniform. It's like, gee, I wonder what it's trying to say. Well granted, I don't know. You I, know? I, think, I, I think now when we look back on
1: Terminator 2, we can see, uh, we can feel that there's some sort of subtleness or something on the the main villain being dressed as an LAPD officer. But that was coming right on the heels of that video of the LAPD beating a guy half to death on the highway, and that was big news, and there were riots about it. And so, I don't think the maybe it's just too, too close to it. Yeah, I don't think the messaging in Terminator 2 is especially subtle either, if you're more in the context of the time it was released. Like, maybe ten years from now, when we're further removed from all the ice hope. border wall, yeah, hopefully, we'll, it'll feel more subtle too. But you're right, right now it feels very on the nose. hmm but I also like that it it's taking a stand of some sort, you know. With a, a big blockbuster movie like this, the safest thing would have been to straddle some sort of line, but they don't. There's there's a statement being made about yeah. They make the it very Term-
0: clear that how they feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not. I mean, we keep we keep ignoring Gabriel Luna as the as the new Terminator, which as a dork it kind of bothered me because they never really explained how it worked. Um, so on the technical like yeah. movie lore level, that I feel like is a place where this movie drops a little. But as a as a performance, I think he does a pretty good Terminator. Uh, I agree,
1: and he 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 has a chameleon ability that I think is sur- surpassed any other Terminator that we've seen for the most part. Like he is legitimately able to blend in. Like he throws on different accents, and he. He just flows through the
0: world really well. And he looks like uh, he's friendly for just long enough to get what he wants and then he's back to the machine and the transition yeah. is jarring. But that's it's a exactly, great balance. Yeah, that's exactly what we'd expect. Like I think he does it. I think he's the best Terminator since Robert Patrick. The, I like, don't know that there's much competition, but yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I really liked him. I didn't like some of his powers, like the fact that he's like a regular Terminator wearing a liquid Terminator, and then, like you know, he uses like he makes spikes grow out of him sometimes, and eh, it, it seemed a little odd. And we see flashback, <laughs> I, flash forwards to the future, where you have the Terminator wearing the Doc Ock tentacles, and it's <sighs> you know, okay, fine. But, let me, but those are minor like quibbles what's a, what is a perfectly fine movie, and and I I was with I at first glance
1: I thought he was a little much with like especially when they don't explain they don't lay it out like they do with some of the other Terminators as to what their limitations are and what their abilities are. But as the movie went on and became clear what his limitations were, I was able to grapple with it a bit better because. Christana Logan, the, the Terminatrix, and uh, and the Terminator from Terminator Genesis, they felt like they could do anything. They could do whatever the plot yeah, demanded in that moment. Yeah, whereas this, as the movie went on, it became clear... Like like w- The first time he split in two, I was like, Oh, man, here we go. He's just going to be multiple, man. And he can make as many copies of himself as he needs. But when it became clear that it was just the two, and they weren't as good separate as they were together...
0: And they could I, do different stuff, like yeah, like there were like there like were purposes for him to be splitting apart, yeah. Like it's and they never talk about it, they never do it in exposition, but you watch and you understand how it functions.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that it was done really well. It was it was uh, well made. I think before we we go any further, I should say that this movie we talked about how it came out in uh, 2019. It was directed by Tim Miller best known for directing the first Deadpool movie, and this is the first one where James Cameron
0: came back and was actually involved in, in coming up with the story and the as a producer. Yeah, which is how they got Linda Hamilton to come back, too. Is they said, like, this is what we wanted Terminator 3 to have been. Right. And it always should have been like this, which I don't think is true, because it's pretty clear this is meant to you know, set up a new Terminator franchise. Um, And for the record, it didn't. It didn't do that well. A a, a combination, I think, of the fact that it's just kind of plain and that people just have kind of... Well, and I have some longer theories about Terminator that we don't need to go into, but it it did not (laughs) capture the audience's imagination. They are not making more of these. Yeah. Making it the third Terminator movie in a row to fail to launch a trilogy. Yeah, and I
1: think we've said everything we need to say with the terminator franchise at this point i really don't think we need another one um and and it's best left alone i know they're not going to do that cuz they like making money but um i i just wish they would leave it at this i i think there's that there's so many movies that are copycats of it or or riffs on it that it's kind of
0: hard to say anything new with it at this point I don't think people are afraid of machines anymore. I don't think the concept works anymore. Hold on. Before we go any further, we have talked so long about this movie, and we haven't talked about Schwarzenegger. We haven't talked about Carl. That was on the tip of my tongue.
1: Okay. He's so
0: good! Yeah. What fun. What a fun performance on his part. Yeah. And and
1: it's, it's sort of hard to wrap your head around. It almost... Could have become an SNL sketch, and yet it's grounded just enough. It that sounds it works.
0: like a cartoon when you describe it. It's the, the idea that this Terminator has had twenty years with nothing to do, and so has just spent time learning how to be a guy, and ends up settling down and having a family. Is it should have been so stupid. <laughs> but his performance as like still a Terminator, but one who's like gotten over the what you would, I guess, what I don't know, if if a Terminator was a person, you would could call them character flaws. Like uh, he's gotten over <laughs> the character flaws. He's not like he under he has a conscience now. He's still a killer robot, but he's also a stand up dude. Yeah, and a good dad, and a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> I I, well, I think one of my favorite
1: parts in the movie is like when they're getting ready for their big siege, the big climactic battle. He's telling this boring story about his day job as as carl the drapery man selling drapes (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny and it just he wanted to buy solid
0: color drapes in a 12 year old girl's bedroom i told him don't do it you want polka dots balloons butterflies (laughs) it was
1: so well done and like the the sort of looks of boredom on their faces. You can tell. This is the sort of story he's told a million times at his, like, Christmas parties with his extended family, and they're all like, uh-huh, Carl, yeah. God. Is there any more eggnog, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it,
0: it, that was great. It's And they've done kind of protective father figure Terminator a lot. This was the one that really hit the mark.
1: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we'll get into it more, but yeah, it really they really did it well and it they brought him into the story well, they explained why he's 70 years old. It's 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 very well done and I really enjoyed everything
0: they did with him in it. Yeah, I, I still don't think it was better than The Terminator. It's still number 3 <laughs> in my list. That's uh, fair. That's fair. But but yeah, that that one that one I think deserved better than it got. Mhm. But We've talked about the Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate. That brings us both to our number one, which I think obviously is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes. Um, it, it, 1991, it, the Terminator movie. By I, I, I had a neighbor who I, I, was like the cool older kid. He was like my substitute older brother growing up. Shout out to Zachary Shamir if you're out there. Woohoo. If you're out there somewhere, but who... Like, secretly rented a copy of Terminator 2 for me to watch when I was, like, nine. <laughs> oh, he's going to get in trouble when uh, your family hears this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. But, like, this movie is, is, like, this is the one that won Oscars. Like, it's, like, what a weird thing to say about a silly action movie about time-traveling robots. I don't even know where to start. Terminator Two is the it's the rare it's the sequel that surpasses the original in every category.
1: Yeah, it helps it, that it was what seven years later.
0: Yeah, um, and you know had a slightly higher budget. <laughs> uh, the yeah, so the the original Terminator six and a half million. This budget one hundred and two million. That's uh that's a, a bump slightly slight increase. Yeah, but this. Movie is one of those movies that is. I'm not as pretentious a film guy as a lot of the people we grew up with, but I feel like this is one of those almost perfect movies.
1: Yeah, it, it's a movie that level. you
0: can you can sit
1: down and watch from beginning to end, and it's it's there's no flaws. There's like nothing to to, to complain about. It's so good, and and it picks up the threads from the the original uh, very well. And and I think the best thing it did was. The change in Sarah Connor and having her go from the the terrified scream queen victim in the first one to this competent, slightly crazy—slightly is an understatement. <laughs> She's having a bad
0: time in this movie. Yeah, but she is a relentless badass too. The, on the off chance you come from a parallel universe where there was no Terminator movies, T2 is the one where, so it's Sarah Connor and John Connor is a young teenager now. He's a punk 80s kid. Um, and the Terminator is the Terminator is back to kill them again. But this time, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator is a good guy who's been sent to protect them from the even newer deadlier Terminator, the liquid shape-shifting T-1000. It's and it does so many weird things. It, it has the Terminator thing. It has the horror thriller where this unstoppable thing coming after you. But it also has this really weird, like, burgeoning father-son relationship between the Terminator and the kid. And in the, like, extended edition of the movie, like, Linda Hamilton does some voiceover for this where she says, like, you know, the the Terminator, like, will never hit him. It'll never grow impatient with him. It's like... For the you know, in the world where she lives in where she has to raise her son to be this, you know, post apocalyptic hero, this is the perfect dad that this kid has never had. And they sort of develop a relationship as the as the kid teaches him like slang, this is where Hosta La Vista comes from. It's so strange to me that the the child actor Edward Furlong can do this without becoming irritating. It's close. It he, gets I- close at times. I think he's kind of irritating
1: at first and then as the movie gets on he gets better and, and sort of humanizes while he's humanizing the Terminator.
0: Yeah, they they help each other in that sense, I guess. Like early on, like like with the two punks in the alleyway or Jim Bros, or whatever they were supposed <laughs> to be. Like like that scene occasionally is a little bit like he's he's taking way too much center stage for a child actor. <laughs> But you buy it, especially once the like once the whole gang is back together again. You know, once they've got Sarah out of the asylum, like they're on their way to the Dysons. Like, there's like they work together so well as a team. It and just, it and, tells such this, it tells such a great story. And um,
1: Miles Dyson, like the I think the first time I saw this movie properly. He, The actor who plays him is so good and so committed in that role that I was almost... There have been times where I've watched the movie and I'm convinced that he's just like a tech guy they brought in for to film. And, and he didn't realize it wasn't real. <laughs> and I've seen him in other stuff since. And he's just a really good actor. But he's so perfect in that role that he adds a level of realism to it. Like when he's hurt and he's like going into shock and he's shaking it's such a good performance I don't think he gets enough credit he sort of gets forgotten with all the other stars in this but he's
0: really good they're all really good Robert Patrick as the as the T-1000 as the new Terminator who's doing that thing that we were alluding to in Dark Fate where he fits in better than the T-800 Terminator but he's still so menacing all the time and this and ah, oh God, and this is one of those things, I mean, it doesn't matter to us because you know, with 1991, we were still kids, we didn't see it. But like the first Terminator movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the Terminator. He's the bad guy. And if you're watching these in a void, like it's definitely set up so that it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's the bad guy again, and Robert Patrick is the new Kyle Reese. Right like, You don't see until that shot where Edward For- John Connor is in the hallway with Schwarzenegger behind him and Patrick in front of him. and then Schwarzenegger pulls out the shotgun and you're like, "Oh, here we go, and he shoots Robert Patrick, and all of a sudden, he's not human. He's some sort of machine thing. And your mind goes like this is one of those things that the trailers blew, what should have been such a huge, awesome reveal. I wish I didn't know about that going into this movie because it's done so well. It would have blown my mind. And and the reveal—it's like all of it is so saturated in pop
1: culture. I I, I desperately want to find someone who ha- has no knowledge of these things and show them the movies in order and see how they react to it. Because as far as I know, that person
0: doesn't exist. No, you know? it's it's so part of the zeitgeist now.
1: Yeah. Ah. It's, it's, I would, I just, it's set up in the movie as this amazing twist, but I've never watched it not knowing that twist, you know, in my life. It's never happened, especially since this movie was so huge,
0: it got parodied endlessly. It feels like it's, like, you know, like, the only other twist I can compare it to is, no, Luke, I'm your father. I feel like somehow this one's bigger. I feel like somehow more people know of the concept of Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator protecting the kid than yeah. people who know Star Wars. Maybe because, like, back then, you know, action films were more, like, more prevalent than Star Wars. Like maybe Star Wars was too sci-fi back then, too dorky.
1: And maybe it's just because it's so unusual to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as a bad guy. I think uh, sometimes, like, maybe for me, I, I, I grew up knowing a lot more about Terminator 2 than I knew about the first Terminator, and I think I was more
0: surprised to find out that he's the villain in the first movie. Well, we're just we're just going to keep gushing about this movie. <laughs> I don't know that we're creating any useful podcast material at this point. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is phenomenal, and if for some reason you haven't seen it, you should see it. And even if you have seen it, you can watch it any time. It's great. Should we use a little bit of short time to talk about our shared number six the terminator movie that doesn't even make the lists terminator genesis we have to talk about it a little bit the it, i feel so bad for amelia clark yeah. who is a light in the darkness of the <laughs> bullshit that is this movie i went into this movie thinking amelia like who is this? this isn't sarah connor and when she pulls up in the truck to rescue Kyle Reese and she did uh, come with me if you want to live. Mo- oh, she's channeling Linda Hamilton. This is great. And then everything else about this movie was offensive. It was so bad. <laughs> well, what I, I, I also like guy who played John Connor in this movie who plays the least intimidating villain <laughs> of all time. Who gives the worst villain monologue of all (laughs) time?
1: And I just I couldn't understand what his abilities were. So so he's it's Jason Clark. Uh, First of all, there's there's like one American in the entire cast of people playing Americans, which blew my mind as I was watching it. It's like J.K. Simmons and then a bunch of English people and Australians and an Austrian, (laughs) but. (laughs) I, I, it was such a weird casting thing, and they're all playing Americans, and and by and large, doing a fantastic job with the accents. But Jason Clarke as John Connor, I never fully grasped what his goal was, what his abilities were, because he's the bad guy, Terminator. It was
0: such a mess. It just—he doesn't seem to have a plan. He doesn't seem to have any like any limitations. He just. He just seems to be a prop, but he can't even sell that. Even before he becomes the bad guy, when they're, they're trying to have like to show the buddy moments between him and generic guy who hap- who is playing a character named Kyle Reese, but obviously has never seen the Terminator and has no idea who Kyle Reese is because wh- wh- whoever that guy was, wow, I used to Jay Courtney. Yeah, this guy is playing Kyle Reese like he's a like he's an extra in Firefly. Like is this yes. like he's quippy and boring and stupid, it built like but, a UFC fighter, but him like being buddy buddy with John Connor and I'm not buying him. Is looking at his stupid face, just like, like God and he and he like, oh, hi Mama, oh, I'm so good to meet you. Yeah, he never channels anything. It's like he's not even acting at all. He's just reading. There's a part where.
1: Like, there's a, a sequence, first of all, it's relentless. There's there's barely a second of downtime in the movie for you to get to know these characters. It's just action scene after action scene after action scene, and it's it's numbing, because it's just like, I don't care about what happens to these people. Like, you can throw explosion after explosion on screen, but if I don't care if the people die, it's meaningless. And, and there's this scene where he attacks them, and they get away by the skin of their teeth, they, they destroy him somehow, and then the very next scene, he's in, like, another part of the country, working on the Genesis project, and I'm like, what happened? How did he get here? What's this now? It's it's so weird. And and we were talking before about how Helena Bonham Carter is wasted and has this tiny role in Terry Crews. Matt Smith who played the uh,
0: 11th Doctor in yeah. Doctor Who. Matt Yeah, Doctor Who as Skynet yeah. also not acting for some reason.
1: And and a, an, another guy where an accent sort of comes and goes like at one point he sounded British and the rest of the time he was American, but he like he infects John Connor at the beginning, and then shows up at the end as Skynet. I'm like, why in the world would you waste money on Doctor Who, and and to my mind, one of the best modern Doctor Who's, and have him do five
0: minutes of work? Like there had to be someone else. Like not only is it a bit part, but it's one of the parts that like you could like you could cut those scenes from the movie, and the movie doesn't change. Like yeah, it's not like definitely. it's a dramatic five minutes. It's not Rachel Garrett. It's <laughs> it, it's nothing. This entire mo- genocide was about nothing, and I just I can't. I, it was I, I cannot comprehend what p- the plan was to make it. And I'm I am relieved that it's both our number six because while we were sort of at like two or three, I'm like he he didn't like genocide, did he? <laughs> well the. The, the other thing about
1: it is they 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 redo at the beginning of the movie a lot of Terminator One. and there were parts where I was like, whoa, they just used footage from that movie and and inserted him in. And then I was like, no, they've just reshot it to to a ridiculous degree. And eventually I was like, why
0: did they waste their time on right? it right? Why like, it, bother? It doesn't yeah. again, it doesn't add anything. You could cut that whole bit all the Terminator 1 stuff could be cut from this movie and the events would still carry through. Yeah, I mean, you... F it. Just
1: get rid of the whole movie. And it it doesn't change anything. It was... It's just so bad. I was really not expecting to dislike it as much as I did. And the more I watched it... Like, I went in wanting to give it the benefit of the doubt. And the more it dragged on, the more I was like... I. Don't care. This is that's what I mean
0: by it was offensive. It wasn't just bad. Like by halfway through, I was offended that they had put this in front of me. That they had (laughs) served this this trash. Yeah, it's, it's that terrible, and it ends on this incredibly dumb cliffhanger that only happens. It's only indicated after the credits like i think i wonder if it was shot in a way that they knew like you know what maybe this one isn't launching a trilogy maybe we could leave the option where everything is wrapped up and hunky dory and it's fine i
1: you waited through the credits i didn't even bother when it was over i I saw this in theaters
0: that still doesn't excuse it
1: (laughs) 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 what uh, what happens at the end
0: what's the tale uh, they, they go back to the blown-up Skynet building, and they zoom in look through the wreckage, and there's a room with this big pulsating red orb in it, and then the Matt Smith hologram lights up next to it, and it cuts to black.
1: Ugh.
0: Right? Uh Right. The whole thing
1: was so dumb, and they, they do this thing to, to, like, show how Kyle and, and Amelia Clark Sarah Connor are connected, where they, like draw a line on their palm, and it's it just reminded me of this stupid bit in Face Off, which is a ridiculous action movie that knows it's a ridiculous action movie. I love where, Face <laughs> Off. Yeah. <laughs> where where John Travolta's character does this weird thing where he, like, drags his hands across his kid's face. That's all I could think of, was, like, this ridiculous thing that no one would do, and it's meant to be this this, like, profound moment.
0: Yeah. And finally, just... And I know this is, just, this, is, this is just me, even. But the movie is called Genesize. We have a word <laughs> genesis in the English language. It's spelled a certain way. It's a way we all agree to it because that's how language works. We all agree on what things mean and how they're presented because that's how we communicate complex thoughts and ideas because that's what separates us from the animals. The word is genesis. You decided to be hip and rad and call it <laughs> genocise. <laughs> That's I, not I how language say- works. Get off my lawn. <laughs> In
1: as a title it's it's dumb. In the context of the movie where you're setting up this world where where there's it's this new stupid app that's launching Every app that launches has a stupid name but or that a regular word I mean, that that's misspelled in a stupid Everyone's way. Everyone's
0: talking about just oh, it's genocide. It's going to link my phone to my tablet to my computer. <laughs> that we already do that. <laughs> we already have yeah. that, and it doesn't need and, a, a, a giant artificial intelligence. And this isn't I, this. This movie
1: is from 2015, not 2003. Like there was no excuse. Yeah, we we were
0: already linking all this stuff together. The the entire concept of Genocide doesn't make, again, it's like it was written by somebody who's never actually seen a computer before. (laughs) It's in, oh, this movie just grinds my gears. (laughs) Like, I have enough to be, like, uh, real things to be upset about right now. There's a pandemic on, but God, Genocide is infuriating. What's his name, Jason Clark, just... He's great in other stuff. Yeah, is he just like ludicrously miscast or something? When he goes to attack them in the bunker. Oh, you think I wouldn't have remembered about Grandpa's place? Oh, yeah, it, it, and, and, and in the first Terminator movie, when Kyle is trying to explain to Sarah what's going on, and he goes on this like panicky rant, like where he's starting to lose his mind, and he's telling her, "Look, you can't bargain with it. You, like, it doesn't show remorse. It doesn't know pity. It doesn't know fear." They have this John Connor stand-in dumbass like repeat that as like a sinister monologue, but he's not being sinister. He's just like reading it. I show no remorse, I show no pity, I have no fear. And, and it's just, it, it so highlights the difference between these two movies. Anyway, look, this isn't going to stop. This is a fountain. And it, this movie wasn't even on our lists. So don't go see Genocide. Don't give it a dime. Don't give it a moment of your time. As for the rest, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, one of the best movies of all time. Certainly yeah. the best Terminator. Everything else, every other movie we discussed, they're they're
1: fine horror movies, action movies. Terminator Two is genuinely an excellent movie. It it defies genre. It's just it's it's it belongs in the canon of cinema.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Follow up. I liked Terminator One. Graham liked Dark Fate, but they're they're both pretty close in our lists. Uh, they're both good. They're both worth watching. But yeah, T Two at least. For sure. And I'm going to calm down. So, <laughs> that being said, is there an off chance... I mean, listen, I know nobody who listens to this show likes Genocide. I know you, you, those kind of people don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but maybe there are movies... You, maybe you liked Salvation more than we did. Maybe there are some things about it that, you know, that take note. Maybe there's some things that we didn't appreciate about Christina Loken in T3. You know what? We're happy to keep the debate going. We'd love to hear from you. There's all kinds of ways you can get a hold of us. Preferably by email at geektop5 at gmail.com.
1: We're also on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash geektop5, and we're on Twitter
0: at geektop5 extra special thanks to you guys uh, for just, just for listening Uh, because of you, we get to do this. We get to connect and rant about Terminator and it's a blast. Uh, And while we're giving out, thanks. um, Just want to add a little bit of extra thanks to Jamie Reum, R E A U M E, the guy behind our theme song, check him out on YouTube and on Instagram, uh, Jamie Reum official and Jamie underscore Reum. Also check out his virtual trivia pub night project at trivia, shmivia.com. Terminators, A lot of, lot of good, well, several good movies and some other movies, but enough to keep you busy till we have a chance to speak to you once again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week.